Hello and welcome to Digital Insights, featuring the topics from the BoagWorld.com blog. My name is Paul Boag, and on this podcast, I offer advice on user experience and digital transformation. Today, I want to show you just how important your blog is and how you can go about making it a long-term success. As digital professionals, we should all be blogging, shouldn't we? Yet regular blogging is tough. But after 10 years of blogging almost every single week, I've discovered a few tips that will help you get into your blogging rhythm. My blog made my career. If I hadn't started publishing, I would be sitting in a cubicle somewhere hating my job. But when I started blogging, there was little competition around and it gave me a significant competitive advantage. Today, things are much tougher. There is a lot of competition, but a blog can still boost your career. That's because many people start a blog, but few keep it going. The web is full of abandoned blogs. If you can find your blogging rhythm and keep it um, at it for a sustained length of time, I guarantee you'll see great results. Just some of the benefits I've personally experienced from blogging include a huge boost in my personal profile, prospective clients approaching me after reading my posts rather than the other way around, better informed clients who feel I provide valuable insights, and more repeat work from clients who want to apply what I write about to their business. But a blog just doesn't benefit consultants like me. They're also great for those of you who work in-house too. They increase your profile in the company. They educate your colleagues and improve your reputation as an expert. They also will help justify your decisions. So how do you keep going when so many people seem to give up? Well, for a start, you need some focus. Too many start a blog because they feel that that's what they should do, but they don't really know why they're doing it. What is their goal for the site? What do they want readers to do? And for that matter, who is their ideal reader? Knowing these basic things about your blog will make your life so much easier. Having goals will keep you motivated and it will also provide a focus to your writing because you will post on topics relating to the action you want people to complete. For example, I write about user experience design and digital transformation because those are the areas that I want people to hire me in. Now, I know what you're thinking. This post isn't about either of those topics, but it does support the mentorship services I offer. I spend a lot of time helping my mentorship clients improve their comm strategy. As for audiences, once you know who they are, coming up with topics to write about is so much easier. You can focus on answering the questions that these people have or educating them on subjects that you know they're weak in. This is so important because coming up with topics is one of the many challenges bloggers face. One reason so many bloggers stop posting is that they can't think what to write about after their initial flurry of ideas. But this is kind of ridiculous if you think about it. As digital professionals, we're learning all the time and a blog is a great place to record what we've learned in our own words. Also, as I've already said, there's no shortage of questions your audience want answers to, let alone the questions they don't even know they should be asking. The problem is that your mind goes blank when you sit down to write, so instead we need to keep a list of potential topics that we're always adding to. For example, I wrote a post months back and and as I was doing so, it occurred to me it would be great to do a post on blogging. Now, you're reading the results, or hearing the results in this case, of that fleeting idea that flicked through my mind. All I did was sit down and write a note that that's what I wanted to write about in the future. That said, I almost didn't write this post. 
And that's because it struck me there must be thousands of posts on this topic already. But you have to let that go. You're never going to write something um, that somebody somewhere hasn't already covered. The trick is to bring your own take on it and to express um, your opinion or um, your particular approach. The problem is that many of us are afraid to express our opinions online for fear of criticism. Now, I can promise you something. That when you begin, no one is going to criticise a word you write. Now, the reason I can make such an outrageous claim is because, to begin with, nobody's going to read what you write. But in time, this will change, and sooner or later, somebody's going to tell you how wrong you are. And I won't lie to you. People can be horrible about what you write. People don't just criticise your content. They also attack you as a human being, and it hurts. But in time, you'll learn to ignore it. You learn that the value to value the opinions of a few re- regular readers and spot the trolls coming a mile off. That said, there are some things you can do to lessen the chance that your criticism, uh, you receive criticism, and to encourage you to be maybe um, a little bit more confident in your blogging. First, make it clear that you're expressing a personal opinion and not suggesting that your approach is um, the only one. This will prevent people getting hot under the collar if they approach your, uh, the subject in a different way. Next, tell stories of your own experiences. People can't argue with what's happened to you. You're just repeating those experiences and not suggesting that the same thing applies to anyone else. Finally, ask your audience their opinion. If there's a subject you lack confidence in, write your thoughts and then ask the reader for theirs. This makes it clear you're not lording yourself above everybody else and claiming to be an expert, but rather you're speaking as an equal. Hopefully now you feel a bit more confident about writing. You know what you're writing for and what you want to achieve and have a list of potential topics. But what about that moment when you sit down to write? Well, first of all, don't feel like you need to write a blog post in a single sitting. I rarely do. Instead, I pass through six stages over a period of time that leads to my finished posts. I begin by creating an outline. This is often just a few notes or bullet points. Um, when I first come up with the idea. Later on, I tend to flesh that out a little bit more to add a bit more structure, but, but basically, I'm creating an outline. Next, with the outline in place, I sit down and write an initial draft, but I do this in a particular way. I just write, and I don't stop until I've reached the end. I never edit. The moment I stop to fix typos or restructure the post, I lose momentum and struggle to finish it. Ernest Hemingway put it brilliantly when he wrote... Write drunk, edit sober. In other words, you want to be free in your writing. It wants to be a stream of consciousness unencumbered by the need for quality. I must admit, sometimes I take Hemingway's words a little bit too far and have a glass of wine next to me as I write. Once I've sobered up and the initial draft is complete, I turn to editing. Ironically, I use an app called Hemingway to do this. This app highlights ways I could tighten up my text, things like simplifying complex sentences, losing adjectives, and removing passive tone of voice. This is also a chance to read through the post for the first time and make sure that it makes sense. But one read-through is never enough. With the edit complete, I now read the post one more time. I tend to get my Mac to read the post out loud back to me using uh, text-to-speech, I used to read it out loud myself, but I tended to read what I thought I had written rather than what I'd actually written. A computer isn't that forgiving, and so any errors jump out immediately. This is an important stage in the world of autocorrect. 
Too often I type one word and my Mac substitutes another. A spell checker won't pick up on things like that. Despite all of this, errors will get through. And whatever you do, don't get hung up on these. People will tell you it looks unprofessional and they'll criticise you for making mistakes. But the minute you obsess over these mistakes is the minute you stop posting as often. It's better to post regular thoughts with a few errors in than to dry up because posting has become too much work because of all the editing. With my copy finished, it's time to make it, well, more sexy, really. Okay, sexy might not be the right word, but I can't think of a better one. The aim now is to encourage people to read your post. I start with the title. The working title for this post was Finding Your Blogging Rhythm, but I can pretty much guarantee that it won't be the one that you'll see. I need something more engaging than that, and I use a tool called Co-Schedule Headline Optimizer to help me write a better title. I also use this tool for section titles as well. Now, like the Hemingway app, this tool isn't perfect by any means, but it ensures that I take the time to stop and think about creating a better headline. With that done, I look at the post itself. I always start the post with a short summary. Now, this serves two purposes. First, it gives the reader an overview of the entire post, and second, it acts as a teaser to draw them in. Finally, I pepper the post with images and pull out quotes to break up the text and help the reader scan the page better. The last step in my process is to publish the post and then share it on social media. Most posts I share get, uh, uh, most posts I write, should I say, get shared five times. On publish, the later in the same day to reach other time zones, the next day, the following week, and after one month. Also, if the post is not likely to become out of date, then it goes on a list of what I call evergreen posts. One post uh, from this list gets shared every week on a rotation basis, so it means that even old posts are getting reshared fairly regularly. This all seems like a lot of work, I know, um, and in fact, the number one reason people give up on blogging is that they lack the time. But finding time isn't as hard as you think. Now, it only takes me about two hours to publish a blog post, including recording this audio. The more you write, the easier it becomes, but in the early days, it did take me considerably longer. In fact, I started blogging in the evenings. I just didn't have time in the workday to dedicate to the job. At least that's what I thought. But as I saw the value of blogging, I seemed to find the time. It was worth my time because I saw tangible returns. But you might not be in that place yet, and that's fair enough. So I would encourage you to keep your posts short. That way they won't take as long. I also want to share an, uh, another counterintuitive piece of advice that is very worthwhile. Don't worry about the quality. Remember what I said, that few people are actually going to be reading your content to begin with anyway. It is more important to form a habit than it is to, um, to get the quality right. Even if you end up cutting corners, it's better to do that than post irregularly. Posting on a regular schedule is far more important than creating the perfectly crafted piece. Also, the more you write, the better you'll become. Your quality will improve through simple practice. You don't need to agonize over every word. What you need to do is get in the habit of posting. If you try and make your blog perfect, you will soon join the legions of people who give up on blogging before they see the rewards. Look, there's no doubt that in the first few months of blogging, it's going to be hard. You'll struggle to write and you'll see little returns, but it is worth it and I would encourage you to keep going. And if you're demoralized, 
Take a moment to share your frustrations in the comments on my blog and I'll do my best to help.